Summertime is here, and many people are now getting a chance to enjoy the great outdoors more. Now, of course, that means that we're going to come in contact with more critters that can bite. And pediatricians are often asked about all types of things with bug bites throughout the course of the summer. So let's talk about it. Hey everybody, it's Dr. David. So being a pediatrician in Florida for 25 years, it's almost like an annual rite. We get outside, people get bit, people want to know how to handle these bug bites. And of course, there's also concerns regarding tick bites and some of the things that the, that, that can bring. So um, I've decided let's put together a little list of things that you might want to consider to help you through this and, through your, and for your family, etc. So now one of the first things as a holistic pediatrician I'm asked about is DEET which is a chemical that is the most common thing found in bug repellent products and a concern because of toxicity for this. Now, certainly at higher levels, anything above 30% has been a concern and there, and certainly one doesn't want to ingest it. But I also want to point out the, the environmental work group. Now, this is the group that many of us have really trusted. They're the ones who do the dirty dozen clean 15 list. And they're the ones who put out the skin deep list that looks at the levels of toxicity for all of the different products that we can put on our skin, nails, hair, etc. And they have concluded that 10% DEET is not harmful to people. Of course, don't be drinking it, but they're talking about applying it to their skin. Now, of course, in our holistic world, there are people who would prefer to not use anything synthetic chemical of any concern whatsoever. And so there is another product out there, um, picaridin. This is derived from black pepper, okay? And it's, to, and it's been found at 20% to be as effective as DEET. Now, it has been shown to be less likely to cause irritation of the skin, and that's certainly a reason why a lot of people may choose to do it, okay? But... There are other products that are out there that um, are natural that um, people do have used for bug repellents. But also in the report put out by the Environmental Work Group, it's not consistently working. They're not working well enough that at least the Environmental Work Group is willing to endorse them as products that are alternatives to DEET. Okay, now, of course, if... A person does have sensitivity to their skin or they don't want it to be on their skin. Another option for these products would be to spray it on the clothing. Okay. That way you get the protection there, but it's not necessarily coming into direct contact with the skin. Now, of course, there are other preventive medicine uh, measures, preventive measures besides applying these things to your skin. One of them is like wearing long sleeve, long pant clothing serving as a physical barrier that the bugs can't get there unless they get up inside you. So that can be very protective as well. Um, also, it's important to know that mosquitoes are most prominently out and about and active around the time of sunrise and sunset. So also picking the time of day when you're outside can make a difference. And especially so it looks like midday is the best for this. And of course, that's your best opportunity to be getting more of your sunshine vitamin D. And so another reason for that, but of course, wanting to make sure that we're not getting sunburn, which of course is problems in and of itself. Okay, now what happens if there is a bug bite, right? And what is the most common thing that we do? We scratch it. It itches. And why is this a problem? Because a scratching can open up and create a wound. 
that can lead to a secondary bacterial infection, cellulitis, impetigo, some of the terms that are used for this. So what are the things that one can do if there is a bug bite? Well, first of all, keeping um, fingernails short. Get making it so that there's really not much there that one can scratch, right? So, of course, you can't cause the trauma to the skin if there's not something that's more sharp there that can be breaking the integrity of the skin. Now, of course, you can use anti-itch treatments as well, and there are a lot of natural good options for this. Things like colloidal oatmeal, aloe, coconut oil, beeswax, they all have anti-itching properties. And, of course, there are other topical things that people can apply calamine lotion, topical Benadryl, and realistically, even the 1% over-the-counter hydrocortisone cream, it is safe. It's not a high-potency thing. Not much is getting into the skin, into the bloodstream, through the skin. Um, not really a concern about suppressing the adrenals the way that oral steroids would or that some of the high-potency prescription strength topical steroids are. So if you need to, you know, whatever, really, you got to stop the scratch if you want to avoid the infections. So, of course, you know, watch for signs of infection. If you're not sure what they look like, look it up online. Um, it's kind of, you know, but redness, warmth, pus. Those are, um, you know, spreading this of the spreading of the redness, not just locally, you know, because there will be some redness right where the injection, the bite happens. But if you're noticing that it's becoming red, more red. Now, of course, there could be an allergic reaction, which could be red, often involved with hives as well. But if you're not sure, of course, seek medical advice. We don't want to get secondary bacterial infections. Of course, mild infections can be treated with topical antibiotics, which again, doesn't get into the bloodstream to cause disruption of the gut flora. But oral antibiotics, of course, you'd have to use it if it gets bad. And we want to prevent that from happening um, and by using these more first-line therapies. Now, let's talk about a couple of the infections in particular that are concerning, beyond just the actual skin infection, but that are transmitted by the bugs. And one of the things that we certainly all heard about a few years ago was Zika virus. And this is a mosquito-borne um, virus that um, can cause birth defects and pre and can cause pregnancy loss itself. And it is, of course, because of the fetal development, most dangerous in the early part of pregnancy during that early fetal development. So that's where it's really important. And um, now, fortunately, at this point, right now, early part of the summer 2023, there are no outbreaks of Zika anywhere in the world, but often it does happen more into the later part of the summer. So it doesn't mean that we're in the clear, but it is really good that we're not seeing nearly the same type of concerns that we were seeing a few years ago. Now, if a fertile woman, a pregnant woman, um, someone who's trying to conceive, you may want to just keep a little Google news alert for like wherever you live, like in my case, Florida and Zika virus, because the, if it's going to be there, it's going to show up in the news. And at least you can see if there are concerns in your area. And of course, if you're traveling somewhere, you can always look up online for Bahamas and Zika or whatever. It was more commonly being seen in the South, in the Caribbean, South Florida, etc. So you can always do a search to that particular area where you're going to to know if this is an issue. Now, the other one that, of course, has a lot of concern is Lyme disease, okay? Now, there's a, the, the tick itself, which is called Ixodis. That may be Ixodis. I may be pronouncing that wrong. Sorry. But it's, um, it's also known as the black-legged tick or a deer tick. And it transmits the bacteria called Borrelia burgdorferi. And this is the bacteria itself that causes Lyme disease. Now, historically... This was mostly found in the northeast part of, of the United States. But over time, 
This bacteria, these ticks, have been found in other regions of the country. It's not just the Northeast anymore. Also, there are other infections that can be passed along by these ticks as well. Some people refer to them as co-infections, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a co-infection. Just those other infections as well can be found in the tick, but not necessarily the Lyme disease one, and they can still cause lots of problems. Okay. Now, um, I do encourage people, familiarize yourself with the this tick, this deer tick, what it looks like. And there's different types of stages you'll see from a nymph to the full grown, um, etc. So be, be aware that they don't all look the same. And many people might be more familiar with the adult, but look to see what it is, but you can truly see that they do have a particular look to them. Okay. Now, of course, you can also look because you can, if you can find the tick, there are laboratories that will test to see if they contain the infection. And so that would be good to know if you, how concerned does a person need to be. But also be familiar with what the rash itself looks like. Now, at first off, it just can start off with like a little bug bite type of look. But one of the things, especially if it progresses to be more dangerous, is that Lyme disease will have this very specific rash. It looks like a target. There's a red center. There's an out, the, out around that center is there's a clearing of skin, more normal colored, followed by another red circle. That's why they call it a target lesion. OK, now the timely use of antibiotics can be really important in stopping a secondary infection. So you don't want to blow it off. You don't want to just take the tick out. If you're not sure, of course, consult with your medical provider um, because, you know, I'm not as you know, I'm not a big fan of um, of antibiotics. But of course, I am a fan of proper use of antibiotics and secondary tertiary Lyme disease, chronic Lyme disease, neurological problems. All the it could be a very, very bad infection. And you really do want to try to cut it off before it comes anything serious. Now, in the show description below, I've placed links from the CDC that does show over time, like year by year, up until not quite the present. I think 2020 is the last year they have it up there. But you can see how it has spread throughout the country and to see where the virus, I mean, um, where the bacteria, where the ticks are being found. You'll also see there an additional link that I have for all the different types of ticks, where they're found, and the other types of infections that they can pass along to humans, which of course could be a problem. Now, um, so overall, um, awareness as usual, that's the most important thing. Of course, we want people to enjoy the summer, but now you know more about how we can protect ourselves from having serious problems. Have a nice day. Oh, 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 oh,